welcome to the Midwest Sisters Rewatch Podcast. I am Cassie, and I am here with Carrie. Hello, lost people. How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good for a Monday. Yeah, not too bad for a Monday. The weather's been so nice here. I know. Yeah. It'll be cold, and then it gets back up to the near 70, and then it doesn't know what to do. I know. Last several days, though, it's been like 75 degrees here. It's been really nice. Mm-hmm. Enjoying yeah. it while it lasts. That's true, because <laughs> it's windy, too, so we know something's getting ready to blow in. Yep. Uh, we we put up our Christmas tree this weekend because we just couldn't wait any longer. <laughs> Already? <laughs> hey, it's been a it's been a bad, bad year. <laughs> we needed some joy. I want Christmas now. <laughs> we want Christmas now. We're trying to get to January as quickly as possible to leave 2020 behind. That is true. I was telling Brian, I was like, you know, our wedding was like the high point of the year. It was. It's the only good thing that's happened this year. It really was. I was like, nah, goddamn, Alex Trebek's not gone. And I know. Eddie Van Halen. Jeez. 2020 needs to go. It really does. I'm looking forward to next year. Yes, it's got to be better. <sighs> Anything will be better. Jeez. Good grief. My but, goodness. Well, we are ready for episodes 15 and 16, and we will start with 15, which was Homecoming, and you're going to take us through that one. Okay. So... Homecoming was written by Damon Lindelof, which is amazing because it's actually pretty good. That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, well, look at here. We got him some lessons. <laughs> he probably had someone else do it and put his name on it. Exactly. <laughs> and it was directed by Kevin Hooks. So at the end of the last episode, we saw Claire come out of the jungle. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. So this is like continuing on from when they found her. And so we see uh, it's at the caves and Charlie's sleeping. And we um, see Locke come in. He's carrying Claire. And he's looking for Jack. And Jack asks if uh, she was conscious. And Locke says that she just collapsed in his arms. Mm-hmm. And Charlie's wanting to know if she said anything and everybody's asking about her. And Jack says, everybody needs to back off, okay? Me. Me. <laughs> that was so oh, funny, Jack. Oh, my God. Did you see that? I, I Just to segue for a minute. The story about Matthew Fox. That he punched that woman? Oh, my God. (laughs) I saw that on Google. I was like, what in the hell? He swears it didn't didn't happen. But, I mean, come on. Because other co-stars on that show talked about how he had a bad temper and he was mean to people. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what is he bitch slapping people on the street now? No, I was like, oh, well. We have some rage problems, man. See, that's what being on Lost will do to you. I know. It drives people insane. 
I just thought that was so funny. I was like, oh my God. I know, because I looked it up recently just to wonder, because I wonder what happened to him. Because he kind of just disappeared off the face of the earth. And I was like, yeah, he doesn't work much anymore because he punched a lady. I was like, oh my God. He punched a lady. My Lord. <laughs> he needs to stop. He does. Because I looked him up on IMDb to see what he did after Lost. Not too much. No. He was in it. Like I said, he was in a an Amazon Prime based uh Western we watched a, a few weeks ago, but that's oh. the only place I've seen him. Gosh. Yeah. He he kinda <laughs> kind of disappeared. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> He's punching people instead of I being know, it's like right when we decide to do a freaking podcast. He's got to act a fool. Jeez. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> so we get that out of the way. Anyhow, I know for him to be such a whiner, who knew he could bitch lab a woman? Come on. What a moron. <laughs> so now I'm glad we're making fun of him. Exactly. Yes. He needs to be hit by a man. Yep. So he can know what it feels like. Exactly. You don't be hitting women. Come on. No, you do not lay your hands on women. Nope. Okay. So after Jack whines about that, uh, Claire wakes up and uh, she starts screaming and scrambling away. And they're like, it's okay. She's like, who are you? So it's like, uh oh, amnesia. Claire says, uh, she goes, I don't understand. She said she doesn't know any Ethan. She doesn't remember anything. And Charlie asks, what does she remember? And she's like, well, I was on a plane from L.A. to Sydney to L.A. from Sydney. And Jack explains to her that the plane crashed and we're on the island. And that was about a month ago. And, uh. He said that your baby's fine and that he's kicking and everything's normal. So you have to wonder, because I mean, how long was she gone? A couple of days? It had to be at least a couple of days, I guess. What the hell were they doing to her? Well, from what I remember, it was like they were te- testing they're testing the baby or something. Yeah, because he, I, from what I remember, it's something about Ethan had her in that like makeshift nursery. Mm-hmm. And I think he was like giving her a shot. Yeah. So I don't know what they were testing something on her or some testing the baby. Hmm. Yeah. Strange though. Mm-hmm. Really strange. Because I didn't remember that she came back having amnesia. So I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, you didn't remember that? No, I didn't remember. I knew she came back, but I d- forgot that she didn't remember anything. You had amnesia. <laughs> I had amnesia about loss. <laughs> That's because you blocked it out. I know. I was mad by the end of it. I was like, I don't care what happened. I don't care about any of these people. Can I have amnesia? <laughs> Screw you, Lindelof. <laughs> He don't care. He's a dumbass. No, he took his money and laughed all the way to the bank. Whatever. Sure did, and he better save it because he don't need to be working on nothing else. Nope. 
Good Lord. So Claire's asking, why hasn't anybody come to get us? And, you know, Jen and Son are asking, you know, between themselves, wondering if she's okay. The son's like, yeah, I can hear that the baby's fine, but still, she has to act like she doesn't speak English. Mm-hmm. And then we see Locke and Boone, and Boone's like, you think she escaped? He's like, you were right beside me, Boone. You know as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, daddy, don't get mad at him. <laughs> You're getting on daddy's nerves. Calm down, I know, Boone. I know. Boone's like, well, where did she come from? <laughs> she didn't say anything about Ethan. And he said, she doesn't remember. And uh, Boone says, what, you know, but Ethan pretended to be one of us. He drags her through the jungle and she doesn't remember him. And Locke's like, apparently not. Boone's <laughs> like, you think he's around? Locke's like, I sure hope not. Will you stop asking me questions? I told you, I don't know more than you do. <laughs> He's like, Daddy, Daddy, answer my questions. Why is the sky blue? <laughs> Good grief. So then um, Charlie brings over Claire's journal. And he says if she reads it, it might help her to remember. And um, he says, this is where you sleep, here at the caves. And he said, when Ethan took you, he took me too. And the other, they came after us and they got me back, but you were gone. <laughs> she asked who Ethan is. And he said, Ethan's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Claire says, so we were together when he took us. And they asked why they, she asked why they left Charlie. And he said, well, let's talk about that some other time. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, I don't think I'm going to be sleeping. And he says, well, I'm not much of a sleeper myself. I'll stay up with you. And she says, Claire said, so we're friends, right? And he says, yep, we're friends. And we get our first flashback. (laughs) And this is Charlie and Tommy, his friend Tommy, who's kind of like his pimp, too. (laughs) It's kind of gross. So... (laughs) They're doing some drugs, snorting some heroin, and uh, Tommy <laughs> Tommy says we're almost out. And um, he says, um, "Oh yeah," he says, "Well, we're not out yet." Carpe diem. And Tommy says, "Oh, save your French for someone who appreciates it." He's like, "No, it's Latin." And Tommy's like, is it Latin or I've got a pile of money so we can score vast quantities of illicit substances? And Charlie says no. And Tommy says, well, I suppose you ought to get cleaned up then because it's time to put you to work. And that sounds like a pimp to me. It sure does. Ew. (laughs) And uh, so they're in a bar and they're looking at this certain girl And he says, Tommy tells Charlie that her name's Lucy Heatherton and she's 22 and she, her dad's apparently loaded. 
Now, and why, why to this woman to me looked to be like 37 years old? No, she did not look 22 at all. Didn't she look so old? I it was know. just kind of weird because they didn't make a cohesive couple because she was so much older looking than him. Because yeah. he's got a baby face anyway. It's true because they had to get someone who wasn't like I don't want to say overly attractive because she she is cute. She was. She just looked so much older than him. It was yeah. like watching him with his older sister or something. It was weird because right. it needed to be about her money and not her looks. So yeah. But um, Tommy says, you ready to fall in love, Mr. Charlie Pace of the legendary rock band Driveshaft? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Charlie goes over and to the jukebox and plays you all, everybody. Of course he does. <laughs> of course. You all, everybody. You all, everybody. <laughs> the song that makes no sense whatsoever. It's the only song he ever The played. only song. And so Charlie's with Lucy and her friends at the table and they're drinking and he's flirting with them. And um, then we come back to the island. And Saeed is saying to um, Jack and Charlie that, you know, (laughs) he said that girl is pregnant. She's very pregnant. Are we supposed to believe that she just escaped from him? And Charlie's like, well, what do you mean? Said said that Ethan infiltrated the group. And whoever he is and where he came from, he's smart. And who's to say that he didn't even send Claire? Like Claire's part of Ethan's, you know, even though she was on the plane. Yeah. But I don't know. So Charlie's like, oh, you know, that's that's crap. Jack's like, Charlie, calm down. Me. Yeah, or I'll slap you. I'm going to go slap Claire. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, if there's a scene where he slaps the woman, I'm just going to laugh my ass off. <laughs> he probably wrote it in. How about I slap her? How about I bitch slap her? <laughs> They're like, why are you asking if you can slap people every episode? (laughs) I need to. I just want to. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, so. Jack says that she's been through a major trauma and it's possible uh, that her memory reset to the crash. Because Jack knows. uh, Well, Jack knows everything. He knows. And he will smack it out of you. He is medical MacGyver. He knows everything. <laughs> he is Dr. Quinn, more like it. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Quinn. <laughs> That's my favorite one that Sawyer gave him. So Locke asks if there's any chance that her memory is going to return. Jack says, I don't know. And Charlie's uh-huh. like, well, you boys talk about Claire all you want. I'm actually going to go spend some time with her. And I get the impression that she might still be upset. So there's a shot of um, Jen and he's walking with the, with his fishing net. And Charlie comes running up to him and says, Jen, are you heading back to the caves? And Charlie says, well, the safety in numbers, of course. And 
you have no idea what I'm talking about. And <laughs> it's going on and on. And Jens was like, whatever, dude, I do not understand English. I'm just trying to catch some fish. Yeah. He's like, well, this is quite beautiful, really. You you take care of your wife. Everything else is someone else's problem. No need to be involved in decision-making process. No tree-shaking <laughs> behemoths. He's just going on and on. And then um, they hear, like, this whirring sound. And Charlie's like, what is that? Jen gets knocked. He got knocked the fuck out. Oh, it was <laughs> hard. I was like, damn. He got knocked the fuck out. My Lord. That was harsh, man. It was. That was awful. So Ethan walks up and he says, Charlie, I want her back. Is. In the in that way he talks. I know in that robotic way he has. Charlie's like, what? He goes, I want you to bring her back. <laughs> Charlie asks, what did you do to her? And Ethan grabs Charlie by his neck and he holds him against a tree. This guy is strong. He is strong. And he's not really that big a guy, so I don't know. Yeah. But Ethan says, you bring her here. If you don't, I'm going to kill one of them. <laughs> and then if you don't bring her back before sundown tomorrow, I'll kill another and another and another one every day. And Charlie, I'll kill you last. And he leaves and he said it just like that. Yes, he did. Which, I mean, he was menacing. He was. It's not that he's not spooky. He just, no. it's something about the way he talks is weird, but. Uh, yeah. And it's like, I don't care if you are Tom Cruise's cousin. Well, nobody does. Show, but, you some, know. show some inflection. I mean, at least, you know, raise your eyebrows or something. Yeah, he just has that blank look on his face the whole time. It's it's weird. Yeah, he has that creepy stalker face. Like he, when he looked at Claire's belly, I was like, eh. Yeah. Nasty. Ugh. So... Now we're at the beach, and Charlie's talking to Locke and Jack, asking what they should do. He says they should go out and bloody kill him. And Jack says, um, the man threatens to kill one of us unless we bring him Claire, and we just wait for that to happen. He says, we've tracked him once before. We can track him again. Yeah, and he beats the crap out of you last exactly. time. Exactly. He stepped on your chest <laughs> and made it crack. That was so gross. <laughs> it makes my chest hurt. Ugh. So Locke says, well, I think you've both forgotten how that turned out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, go, Locke. Yes. I fell out laughing. I was like, that's right. I know. He said he bested you physically. <laughs> and then he turns to Charlie and says, and he hung you from a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, break it down, daddy. Break it down. Telling people their business. He don't care. <laughs> so he says, running into the jungle unarmed is not going to get the job done. <laughs> he says, Locke says, we have to circle the wagons. 
we'll tell a select few about the thread because we don't want to panic on our hands. And we'll post some people at the entry, you know, at the entry areas to the caves. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Jack says, tell a select few. He says he does what he says he's going to do. And that blood's on our hands. And he says, okay, Jack, we tell everyone. But you want to protect them. You need to start thinking defense. And Jack says, we move everybody to the caves. Him and those damn caves. I know he loves those caves. (laughs) And he'll smack you if you don't move there. He'll bitch slap you if you don't go. (laughs) He will. And Locke says, well, what if Ethan's not alone? What if he delivered his threats so that we would gather like sheep to the slaughter in a (laughs) a confined space where they can roll in and take us all in one fell swoop? He's not wrong. Makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. He says, okay, John, you have a plan, so let's hear it. <laughs> Let me smack you. Smack. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're a man. Sorry. He doesn't slap men. <laughs> so we have Sun and Jen, and Sun's uh, asking what's going on. And Jen's like, you know, how would I know? And. Son says, maybe the others understand. Jen's like, I was attacked because of what they've done. So I was like, well, he's not wrong. No, he had that point. Yeah. That would be really hard to understand if nobody was speaking your language. It would be scary. Ugh, it would. Because, you know, you wouldn't know what was going on one minute to the next. Yeah. Especially with Mr. Whiny Dr. Smack. <laughs> Running around. Mackie McSmackerson. <laughs> Dr. Mackie McSmackerson. <laughs> so now we have Claire and Charlie. And uh, Claire's noticing that the others, she says, the others are avoiding me. And no one will talk to me. No one likes me. No one likes me. And Charlie asks her if anything's coming back to her memory. And she's like, after the crash, no. And Charlie says, well, um, the rest of us have been having a wonderful time because we built a golf course. (laughs) (laughs) And Claire's like, you sure there's not nothing going on? And he's like, I'm sure. And so now we have a flashback. (laughs) And this is a shot of Lucy and Charlie, and they're walking into Lucy's house. (laughs) Lucy said, you're quite enamored with yourself, aren't you? (laughs) He says, now, Lucy, I know it's our first date, and you want to appear demure. But, you know, if you invite me back (laughs) for sex, I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) If you invite me back for sex, don't say tease, say sex. And then, God bless her. She really did want to make tea. (laughs) She's so cute. She is cute. Yeah. And so he asks where her dad is. And she's like, I think he's buying some paper company somewhere. And he says, he asks them if they get along. And she's like, yeah, he's pretty cool. Um, she goes, he was proud when I told him I was, I had a date with a bona fide rock star. 
And all the while that she's making tea, Charlie's looking around the room at the trinkets and stuff they have. Mm -hmm. And he's looking at this uh, cigarette case. And she's, she came back in the room and said that was Winston Churchill's. Mm -hmm. And that her dad collects all sorts of things from great leaders. And, uh, she says, hey, you should meet him. He says, Winston? No, I think he's quite moldy. <laughs> oh, my father. He's coming back tomorrow. You should come around for dinner. And he says, okay, I will. And now we come back to Kate and Jack. Yay. My God. <laughs> and um, Jack sharpening a knife. Kate comes up and says, you look hungry and throws him a piece of fruit. And she says, Locke told us what happened. Why do you think Ethan wants Claire back? And Jack says, he doesn't know. And she says, maybe it's time you use that key you've been wearing around your neck. Cause there's four, nine millimeters in the Marshall's case. Jack says, uh, uh-uh, no, me, me. If I hand them out and someone hears, something out in the jungle and gets scared. The chances of us shooting each other are higher than shooting him. And then he smacked her. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Kate would beat his ass anyway. She would. <laughs> and she said, well, we're beyond sharpening knives here, Jack. Jack says, I'm not putting guns in untrained hands. Me. <laughs> so. Then we have Locke and Saeed, and uh, they're creating a perimeter trip, like a wire trip wire. And uh, Locke says that there's four of those around the perimeter, so if anyone gets in, they'll hear it and they'll know. And Saeed said that some of the men have volunteered for watch, for watch duty. And he's going to put them on rotating shifts. Boone says, I'll take a shift. (laughs) Saeed says, okay. (laughs) And he walks so sweet. He says, absolutely. We're counting on you, Boone. I was like, oh, his daddy is so nice to him. And Boone smiled a little bit. I know. God bless him. I'm so proud. <laughs> I mean, you can tell that, I mean, I. it's not like blind faith that he has in Locke. I think he actually looks up to Locke. Yeah, I think he does. And because I don't think any, he's like doing an actual job now. Right. It's He's not running mommy's wedding company. Yeah. He actually has a bona fide job to do. And I <laughs> he likes it. I thought it was so easy. We're counting on you. Okay, daddy. Yay. Good Lord. And then he, then he patted him on the head. Oh, <laughs> he smacked him on the butt and he ran off. <laughs> ah. So Jack and Charlie are talking at the caves and Charlie says, maybe we should move Claire. Jack said, she's safer here. Me. <laughs> and Charlie says, what about the mountain? That could be, there could be another cave. 
Jack's like, no, she's safer here, Charlie. Charlie's like, nobody's safe. And he says, it's my fault they took her. I was responsible. I should have taken care of her. Jack's like, Charlie, nothing's going to happen to her, okay? And he's like, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we go into another flashback. (laughs) And this is Charlie. He's having dinner with Lucy and her dad, whose name is Frank. And they're talking about Frank being in a band, or he used to be in a band. And they were called the Protestant Reformation. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Charlie says, oh, you you gave up the band, huh? And he says, yes, I was married, and Lucy was on the way. And her mom, God rest her soul, wanted me to keep trying, and I wanted to be more practical, practical and responsible. So, and then Lucy said, "And of course, your band, your band was bloody awful." <laughs> he said, "Yeah." So there's that. And he asked Charlie if he's working on a new album. And Charlie said, "Well, we're in a bit of a hiatus right now." <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Liam, my brother, just had a daughter." So, you know, we're taking time off and quite a lot of time, actually. (laughs) It's been (laughs) a year since we were together and I'm thinking of doing a solo project. Liam and I don't exactly keep in touch and there's been some problems with royalties. So the fact of the matter is that I think Driveshaft might be dead. Aww. And then we go over to the pub where Tommy and Charlie are talking and Tommy's asking, why hasn't he lifted anything yet? And uh, he tells Tommy that he took a job, an actual job, (laughs) selling copiers. And Tommy's like, you took a job selling copiers? And he says, I like her. And Tommy, he's so mean. He says she's a moose. Yes. Charlie's like, don't say that. Because the dude wants his drugs, you know, so. Right. He says, I've I've been getting you off my skag for over a week now on spec. Spec means speculation. He's like, yes, I know what speculation means. (laughs) So Tommy says, well, the speculation that you'll execute your end of the plan and steal something of value which I can in turn sell and by the time uh, she realizes it's missing it never occurs to her that the rock star Charlie Bloody Pace could be responsible for such larceny and the bloody party continues and Charlie's like yeah but I don't think Ethan's coming back and I have to think about my future and Tommy says, well, when do you start this job? And he says, Monday. Tommy's like, well, today's Friday. And after a weekend without a fix, Monday is going to be bloody wonderful. So let's see how the future treats you then. Mm-hmm. Which is true. If you're an addict and you don't have it for a whole weekend, <laughs> you're going to be a bad every rough. I guess. So we're on the island again, and there's Boone, Locke, and Saeed. They're on duty, and Boone is falling asleep. Damn it, Boone. (sighs) Daddy was counting on him. (laughs) 
but one of the wires is tripped. And that wakes Boone up. And it's daylight now. And Boone hears uh, a noise and he goes after it. And he falls and Vincent comes running and <laughs> licks his <laughs> And Locke says that something over there in the tree line tripped the alarm. And uh, Saeed says, um, I think we found another missing castaway. And then they hear a woman scream and they go to the beach and there's a body in the sand. And Boone asks what happened. And um, Saeed says, how did he get past us? And then there's Charlie, Kate, and Hurley at the beach. And Hurley's like, I thought those guys had a full-on perimeter set up. And Kate said, Locke, did, Locke said it didn't matter. He came in from the water. Mm. And Hurley's like, well, are you sure it wasn't an accident? Maybe they just drowned or something. And Kate's like, no, his neck was broken, both his arms and all the bones in his fingers. Damn. Hurley's like, yeah, okay, got it. <laughs> so Sawyer, he comes in and says, so Steve drew the short straw. <laughs> and Hurley says, dude, that was Scott. <laughs> like, oh, shoot. But that's nasty. That's a lot of broken bones. That was awful. Ugh. It was gross. So they're burying Scott. And Hurley says that Scott Jackson worked for an internet company in Santa Cruz and he won a sales prize to Australia. All expenses paid. <laughs> he said he was a good guy and I kept calling you Steve, man. And uh, amen, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know how to end these things. So (laughs) that was Steve's funeral. I mean, Scott. Oh, see, I did it too. Oh, Ah, damn it. So uh, Claire goes up to Shannon and she says, why is everyone staring at me? Shannon's like, I'm not staring at you. Yes, she was. She said, what's your name? She says, Shannon. She goes, Shannon, you're staring. <laughs> and Shannon's like, what? Nobody told you? And um, there, <laughs> Charlie's walking through the jungle. And, uh, well, obviously, Shannon tells Claire everything. So Claire goes up to Charlie and says, you know, why didn't you tell me? And he's like, he wants to explain it to her. And she's like, what else didn't you tell me? And he goes, I just thought with your memory that there wasn't anything you could do. And she said, why would you keep me in the dark? She goes, I'm already in the dark. And he says, well, I just wanted to take care of you. And she said, well, I can take care of myself. So now we go into a flashback. (laughs) And this is Charlie. And he's in a suit. <laughs> he looks awful. He does. He hasn't had this fix in a while. <laughs> and she's trying to be so positive for him. And she's like, wow, look at you. You're a respectable businessman. And he says, you know, you didn't have to buy me a suit. And she's like, well, you have to wear that for your first day of work. 
Um, and uh, she asked him if he's okay. And he says, yeah, he's just nervous. And she said, well, my dad's put the fix in already. He's demanded that the guy buy two copiers from you. So that'll boost your confidence. And Charlie keeps looking at that cigarette case. Mm-hmm. She walks away and says, have you memorized the manual for the copiers? And he says, backwards and forwards. And um, she asks him to say something impressive about the copier. And he does. And uh, she says, uh, you've been on a stage in front of thousands of screaming fans. And this is just some silly guy who wants to buy a copy machine. She said, you're going to do great. I believe in you. And uh, she says she forgot something. Wait here. So she goes in the other room and he says, "Okay." And he swipes the cigarette case. It's like, damn it, Charlie. Mm hmm. She says, okay, I know you'll protest, but you can't be respected unless you have one of these. And it's a briefcase. And he said, you know, of course, he feels like shit. And he says, okay, well, I'm going to be late for the bus. And she's like, oh, no, I'm driving you. And he's like, no, I'd rather you didn't. And she's like, no arguments. She says, let's get you to work. So now we're back on the island. And Boone's sharpening a spear with a knife. Jack comes up to Locke. Don't you laugh at Boone. <laughs> he does the best he can. He tries real hard. <laughs> so Jack comes up to Locke and he says, um, what do you think is going to happen after the sun sets tonight? And he's like, oh, if we bring, if we don't bring Claire to him, Rhetorical Jack, some things, um, something happens tonight as it happened last night. Same thing. Mm-hmm. And Jack says, you think you can track him? And so we know where he attacked Jen and Cl- uh, Charlie. Do you think you can pick up the trail? And Locke says, maybe, but I wouldn't. And he's like, wouldn't? He's like, Jack, I'm not a cold man. I feel for the loss of one of our own, but nothing fundamental has changed wherever he is wherever he comes from we're on ethan's turf turf he has the advantage so to him we're nothing more than a bunch of idiots with sharp sticks jack says what if i told you i had a way to get the advantage back he says well then i would ask what that might be jack and they go to the gun case jack opens it Locke says why doctor you've been holding out on us Jack said, I'm guessing you know how to handle one of these. And he holds the gun out to Locke, who takes it apart and puts it back together. So, of course, Locke knows about knives and guns, apparently. (laughs) And so now we have uh, Charlie, Locke, and Jack, and Saeed, and they're at the caves. And Charlie says, (laughs) he says, are you insane? And Jack said, it's the best chance we have, Charlie. And Saeed says, if you want to capture Ethan, we have to ensnare him. And the only way is giving him what he wants. And Charlie's like, but this guy, he will kill all of you. You can't protect her. And then Claire comes in and says, Charlie, I can talk for myself. And he says, well, they want to use you as bait. 
And Clara says that she doesn't remember Ethan. She doesn't remember what he did to her. But if she can help stop him from hurting someone else, then she has to do that. And then Charlie says, well, I'm coming with you. You said there were four guns. And Locke asks Charlie if he's ever fired a weapon. So Jack says, all right, we should do this. Let's figure out a game plan. Saeed, you're the soldier. Locke, you're the hunter. So now we go to another flashback. (laughs) And this is inside an office and there's people gathered around a table and Charlie is demonstrating the awesome speed of the C815 copier using one of your technical manuals. (laughs) He's fumbling around trying to get the copier to work. He's pushing all the buttons. And then he pukes. Oh, God. He pukes on the coffee machine. But he lifted the lid <laughs> like it was a toilet. It was hilarious. Oh, Lord. So, yeah, he puked on the on the coffee machine. Like, oh, dear. <laughs> so we're back on the island, and uh, Locke says, Charlie's right. Jack says, what about? Locke said, well, we have four guns and we should have four men. And Sawyer says, help? Moi? (laughs) You know how to handle a gun or not. Sawyer says, well, I know of at least one polar bear that seems to think so. (laughs) He asks him, where'd you get the hardware, Hoss? And Kate says, I want to come. Oh, my God. I know. Of course she wants to come. Time for Jack to pull out the bitch slap hands. Oh, she's going to get the laugh. <laughs> Jack says, sorry, we're out of guns. And no one guns goes out there unarmed. And so he asks how much ammunition he's got. Jack says, 100 rounds, give or take. And so he says, all nines, right? Nine millimeters? And Jack's like, yeah, why? And Sawyer says, because if the lady wants to come, he goes in his tent and he comes out with a gun. He says, lifted this off the marshal back in the old days. Remember him, don't you? <laughs> Serving guy, kind of square jaw, carries a Sig 9. Jack says, yeah, I remember you shot him and missed. Ooh, tough guy. <laughs> Sawyer says, yeah, well, bygones. And hell, five guns are better than four. So Charlie's watching the guys and Kate preparing to go. And Saeed says that Ethan will be surrounded at five points and everyone will have visual contact with Claire. And he tells her to make sure you stay in the area that he showed showed her. And the guns are a means of last resort. They want Ethan alive. And Charlie's watching him leave. And there's uh, Claire. And she's standing in a clearing in the rain waiting for Ethan to come. And so everybody's standing watching Claire. And then we see Ethan. And he <laughs> he's chasing Claire. Jack uh, turns and he tackles Ethan. 
losing his gun in the process. And starts to get his ass kicked once again. Once again. (laughs) So the others come up and help Jack and Ethan and him are just slugging it out. So Locke says, um, Jack's got him. Hold your fire. Don't shoot. We want him alive. Ask Claire if she's all right. And uh, Jack, he's he's tackled Ethan, but he gets up. And Sawyer says, winner by a knockout. Nice one, Doc. Which is horrible writing there. Yeah. Uh, that's Lindelof, I'm sure. And uh, that's, the, that's the one part of it he actually wrote. Probably it's the one <laughs> sentence he wrote. Yay. God. He says, and maybe somebody can tell me just who or what this son of a bitch is. And Ethan starts to get up and everybody points their gun. So he says, uh, 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 jungle boy. Not even for one second. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then we see Ethan and he's shot six times in the chest. Mm -hmm. The camera pans around and reveals that Charlie is the shooter. So Jack goes up to Charlie and says, why did you do it? Me. Why did you do that, Charlie? I would smack you if you were female. Charlie says, because he deserved to die. And he said, well, he could have told us where he came from and what he wanted with Claire. And Charlie said, do you really think he would have told us anything, Jack? I wasn't going to let any animal anywhere near her again, ever. I really didn't blame Charlie. He was right. Ethan wasn't going to tell them nothing. Plus, he probably scared the shit out of Charlie when he hung him from a tree and then choked him up against a tree. No doubt. But, I mean, he wouldn't have talked. You could have done whatever you... He wasn't going to tell you anything. Exactly. And plus, the last time you tried to torture someone for information, you felt bad about it later. So, whatever. (laughs) That's true. Obviously, you're not good at that. Now, if it was a woman, he would have tortured her for days. He would have had a smack attack. (laughs) So now our final flashback. (laughs) And this is Charlie's knocking on Lucy's door. And he says, he tells her he's sorry, but he's been having some problems. And if he could explain, oh, she looks so awful. Yeah, she'd be crying. Oh my gosh, she's heartbroken. And she tells him just to leave. And he tells her that he made a mistake. And she's like, you made a mistake? So my father's sales manager comes to my house and returns a cigarette case that EMTs pulled off of your, pulled out of your suit pocket at the hospital. And it still smells if you're sick. And he's just whispering at this point, his, I didn't mean to. And she's like, you didn't mean to what from the start? You're a liar. I believed you and you lied. And I thought you wanted, you said, you know, and she said, you selfish bastard. And he just wants to explain to her. And she's, she's like, tell me one thing and don't lie. She was like, get why you pretended to like me. I understand why you stole because you're a junkie, but I don't understand why you took the job. 
And he said, I wanted to be respectable. I wanted you to think that I could take care of you. And she said, you'll never take care of anyone. And slams the door. It's like, oh, man. That was really sad. That's rock bottom right there. Mm-hmm. So for the final shot, we're back on the island. No, we're back at the capes. Of course, we're on the island. The rape capes. The rape capes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Hurley's got his headphones on. They, you know, we're panning around because we have to see what everyone's doing. Well, God, yes. Yes. Sun and Jen are getting water and Shannon's tending to Saeed's arm. And Charlie's alone, but Claire walks up to him and says, I remember peanut butter. Why do I remember peanut butter? Oh, that was so sweet. Yeah. And he said it was imaginary peanut butter, actually. <laughs> and she says, well, I don't know what happened to me. I'm scared. I want to trust you. Good night, Charlie. And he says, good night, Claire. That was sweet. It was good. It was. It was a good episode. Yeah, it was. How many so smoke monsters? Ethan's gone. I know. He's he's a goner. He's a goner. I give it... Mm, I'm going to give it a, like a 3.75. Yeah. Just because Charlie was one of my favorite characters. Yeah. And it was a good part of his backstory. Yeah, it was. Because we get so much more with him next season. Yeah. And Liam and everyone else. So it was a good starting point for his story. Yeah. So... Yeah, I give it a three point seven five. Yeah, I'll go with three and a half. It was it was a good episode. It, it, was it had a, yeah. I mean, it wasn't one of the best, but it wasn't bad. Sure. Anytime it's Charlie's story, it, it was good because he was just a really good character. I so. know. Yeah, he was such a good character. I wish he would do more movies. Yeah. Wish he would. So you're going to take us into episode sixteen, right? Yes, Outlaws. Outlaws. This one aired February 16th of 2005. It was directed by Jack Bender. And it was written by Drew Goddard. And I looked him up. And he wrote for Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Alias. And he co-wrote and directed the 2012 film The Cabin in the Woods. Awesome. Yeah, which I like that movie. It was a good movie. I do too. It was a good. I I like Joss Whedon too. Mm-hmm. He's hard to like because I, I there's things about him in his personal life I don't really care for. But right. he did such a good job with Buffy, and I do like Cabin in the Woods. So I like yeah, his creativity. Was, yeah, Cabin in the Woods was really original. I had never seen anybody try to do that before. So. <laughs> no, it like turned horror on its head for a while. It, yeah. was, it was pretty cool. And he also directed, wrote, and produced Bad Times at the El Royale in 2018. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he must be a fan of, um, of, uh, Thor. Yeah. (laughs) Because he was in El Royale too. Yeah. Did you see it? I did not see 
Bad Times at the El Royale. But you kind of need to watch it because. Well, anytime, um, anytime Chris Hemsworth shows up, I'll, I'll watch it. So. Oh, and that one especially because he's got the shirt open, the low pants. I mean, it's it's fun. He's he's awful pretty. It's funny. it's pretty <laughs> yummy. But uh, Drew Goddard also wrote the screenplays for Cloverfield, World War Z, and The Martian. So wow, he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. Cool. Uh, fun fact about the episode is that Sawyer's story is the same as Robert Mitchum's character in the 1947 film Pursued, which I've never seen. But hmm, I haven't seen that one. I like Robert Mitchum, so. I do, too. But it apparently his. crazy in that one film, but. Yeah. What was that? But Night of the Hunter. Night of the Hunter. I always thought he was really good in the original Cape Fear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he was. was good enough. Yeah, he was a good he was a good actor. But he was a good actor. I like him. Thought that was interesting. His storyline is the same. That as is that interesting. Hmm. But we start out with this one with a flashback. <laughs> so we see a little boy, James Ford, <laughs> and he is being woken up by his mother, blonde hair, blue eyed, cute little boy, but. <laughs> His mom, she's kind of in a panic because there's somebody, there's a man pounding at the door yelling, trying to get in. So she wakes him up. She tells him to get out of the bed so that he'll think, so that his father will think that he's at his grandparents' house and he's not there. And so he gets under the bed. She tells him she loves him. And then you hear her leave the room and you hear her screaming, telling him to go away. But he gets in and he shoots her. Mm. And then he comes into... James's room and sits down on the bed and shoots himself, which, Oof. you know, he, he's seeing this whole thing because he's under the bed. It was awful. Yeah, trauma. So we are back on the island and Sawyer wakes up without a shirt on, <laughs> <laughs> which is always a treat. <laughs> Here's some rustling and he shines his flashlight and there's a boar in the tent. And so he hits it (laughs) and it takes off along with his tarp. (laughs) So he goes running after it, but he can't catch it. So he goes into the forest and he starts to hear whispers. Ooh, just like Saeed. And one of the whispers says, it'll come back around. Ooh. So the next morning, he's talking with Saeed, who is trying his hardest not to laugh his ass off <laughs> about the boar. So he's like, it looked like you took your tent. <laughs> Maybe he wanted to go camping. <laughs> so before he leaves to go after the boar to find his tarp, Sawyer asks Saeed what he heard in the jungle after escaping from Russo. Mm-hmm. Then we get another flashback. <laughs> so Sawyer is, they, he's entering a hotel room with a woman and they're kissing. And before they can get down on it, <laughs> uh, a former associate of Sawyer's, whose name is Hibbs, he um, turns on the lamp. He's like, um... <laughs> I'm in here. 
Because <laughs> you guys <laughs> not do that while I'm in here. It's a little awkward. <laughs> and <laughs> so he's like, sweetheart, I just need a minute of his time. I thought he'd be alone. So, so I was like, just go wait for me down at the bar. I'll come get you. So she leaves and then Sawyer attacks Hibbs and he said, I thought I told you if I'd ever, if I ever saw you going to kill you. <laughs> and Hibbs says that he's there to make things right. And he knows that Sawyer isn't the killing type anyway. And so Hibbs hands him an envelope and tells him about Frank Duckett. And he's a former con man who's living in Australia. And according to him, Duckett is the same con man who conned Sawyer's mother, which led to the murder-suicide of his parents. Uh-huh. Which Hibbs, I thought it was funny that he's telling him about Frank Duckett. And the guy who plays Hibbs was on uh, X-Files, the later seasons, for a while. And his name was Agent Doggett. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> wow. Wow. It rhymes. Wasn't, now that was the guy that was in Terminator 2, right? Yeah, I can't think of his name oh, off no, at the he's moment. In everything though. Yeah, he was in a lot of the later seasons of the X Files because. Oh, okay, okay. Joel and I are finishing that up, and I, I, I know him because I watched him several times in this episode. <laughs> but then we're back on the island, and Kate returns the gun that she borrowed in the previous episode to Jack, and all the guns have been returned except one, which is Sawyer's. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> so she offers to get it back and Jack's like, nah, don't worry about it. Let him keep it. And she's like, why? You think he's going to shoot me? He's like, no, I just don't want you to owe him anything. <laughs> me. <laughs> so then back at the caves, Claire comes up to Charlie and she says, I've been having some dreams or really their memories and you're, you're in them. And she asks if he wants to go for a walk and talk about it. And he says he can't because he has to go do something. And you can tell he's he's acting kind of funny. Hmm. But then, in the meantime, Sawyer finds his tarp out in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> and again, he hears the whispers, including the same one saying, it'll come back around. Hmm. So then all of a sudden, here comes the boar charging at him from the from behind, and it chases him, and he drops his tarp and gets knocked into the mud. <laughs> and Sawyer's upset, and he's, he vows he's going to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get another flashback. <laughs> so we're back in Australia, and Sawyer goes to the sky to get a gun. To kill Duckett. And the shopkeeper that's giving him the gun warns him that if he finds he's not a killer, there's no turning back. And also tells him that it's illegal for, you know, civilians to have a gun in Australia. So if he gets caught, and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to rat you out. Don't worry about it. (laughs) So then back on the island, Hurley and Charlie are burying Ethan. And <laughs> Hurley's like, you know what happens at this point is when we, we get chased into the jungle and, you know, it'll be me they get because I'm a bigger guy and I get cramps. <laughs> he gets the leg cramps. <laughs> and 
But Hurley, Hurley is concerned because Charlie's just acting really weird. Mm-hmm. So he goes to Saeed and he asks Sa- if Saeed um, ever suffered from post-traumatic stress. And he asks if Saeed will talk to Charlie because he thinks that killing Ethan's kind of messing with his head. Yeah. So in the meantime, Sawyer is attempting to track the boar. (laughs) (laughs) And then Kate shows up and she's like, yeah, you're not doing this right. (laughs) So she offers to help him in exchange for carte blanche. So whatever she wants, whenever she wants from his stash, she gets if she helps him. And so he he agrees. He says, okay. So then that night they make a camp. And Sawyer has the liquor from the liquor cart. Uh-oh. <laughs> Kate said Jack had been looking for. <laughs> <laughs> and so he says that they should play a round of I Never. And so... She's like, what's that? He's like, I say something I've never done. And if you've done it, you got to drink. And she's like, that's so stupid. He's like, whatever, let's just play. So they start playing and we find out through the game that Kate has been married. Mm-hmm. Though she did, she did say it didn't last long. Sawyer wore pink in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> and, did. And neither of them have ever been to Disneyland. <laughs> but then things kind of take turn serious because Sawyer implies that Kate's only interested in carte blanche to spend time with the only person on this island that just don't belong. <laughs> and they start kind of taking jabs at one another, getting a little more mean. <laughs> <laughs> and the game ends with the revelation that both Kate and Sawyer have killed a man. Ooh. So that night Sawyer has a nightmare about when his parents died. But his father in the dream was replaced by the boar saying it'll come back around Hmm. again. So he wakes up or Kate kind of wakes him and tells him he was shaking and he says, no, I'm okay. But then he looks around and the camp's destroyed (laughs) by the boar once again. And he's like, damn it, he ate my food. And she's like, no, he ate your food. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. And (laughs) um, Locke shows up because he's looking for things to salvage from the crash. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sawyer pulls his shirt up from the, he picks his shirt up off the ground. He goes, the son of a bitch peed on my shirt. He pulled it out of the bag and peed on it. <laughs> and Kate's laughing because she's like, Sawyer thinks that this one boar has a vendetta against him. <laughs> He's like, he does. And then Locke is talking to them and he tells them a story about a dog that came to them after his foster sister died. His mom was really felt guilty about what happened. Mm -hmm. And then this dog shows up and Kate says, and it laid on her bed every night. And Kate says, Oh, so you think that she was, the dog was your foster sister reincarnated. And he's like, no, I don't think that, but I think my mom did. And it, it gave her, you know, kind of a clean slate. It's kind of like she felt forgiven. For what happened. Then we get another flashback. 
Sawyer goes, he finds out that Duckett runs a shrimp cart. And he goes there, but he is not able to bring himself to kill him. So he goes to a bar where he meets up with Christian Shepard. Ah, connection. And he buys him a drink when Christian explains that he misplaced his wallet. (laughs) (laughs) And Christian tells Sawyer some people are born to suffer. And he's talking, he kind of talks about his son. And towards the end of their conversation, he says, that's why the Red Sox will never win the damn series. (laughs) So he said, when talking about his son, he just said he couldn't bring himself to call him and apologize. And so Sawyer's, or Christian tells Sawyer he needs to go after whatever it is that's eaten him. So it'll bring him peace. Mm Mm-hmm. And so Sawyer goes back to the shrimp cart to duck it and just kind of psyching himself up. So then we're back to Saeed and he's talking to Charlie. He talks about how he once executed a man who placed a car bomb that killed a woman and her children. And that it, it bothered him because he had nightmares about it. And he tells Charlie that he's not alone and that he shouldn't pretend to be. And then we go to Kate and Sawyer and they find the boar's wallow or it's a den. And Sawyer <laughs> catches up one of the baby boars. Oh, shit. And he's trying to use it to lure the father out so he can <laughs> kill it. And Kate gets mad at him. She's like, stop it. You're going to hurt him. And so she knocks him over and tells him to find his own way home. She's mad at him. Because he was mean to the baby boar. Aww. Then we get another flashback. <laughs> so Sawyer goes through with it and he shoots Duckett. He starts to read him his letter that he wrote him when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Duckett's totally confused. And he explains that he was going to pay Hibbs the money he owed. But before he dies, he said, it'll come back around. Mm. Oh, he's horrified to discover he killed the wrong man. And he runs off. So Hibbs basically made him do his own dirty work. Basically. (laughs) That was low. (laughs) So then we're back on the island and Sawyer finds the boar. He's going to shoot it. But then he doesn't. Yeah. And he looks over and he sees that Kate was watching because she stalks people. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) He especially stalks him. And he tells her it was just a boar. And they decide to go back to the camp. And then Charlie finds Claire, tells her he's ready to go for that walk. And we see Jack, who's chopping wood. And Sawyer returns the gun. And he explains that he made a deal with Kate. And Jack says, well, that's why the Sox will never win the series. Mm-hmm. And you can, see on, you can see on Sawyer's face, he's like, uh, what'd you say? And so he kind of starts asking some little further questions and learns that, you know, he's like, oh, is your dad a doctor too? And Jack tells him, yeah, he was, but he died in Australia. So he kind of puts it together that he knows who Jack's dad is, but he doesn't say anything. And Jack wonders why he's asking about his father, but Sawyer just says that, nothing. And that was the last scene. Not bad. Yeah, it was an okay episode. I I like Sawyer's backstory. 
it was nice yeah. to kind of see a little bit more about that. That's true. We do get a lot uh, more of uh, his backstory too in, in season two. Yeah. So yeah, it was a decent episode. I, I'd give it a, f- mm, I'd probably give this one a three and a half too. It was okay. Yeah. I mean, I'd give it a three because, yeah. I mean, for the connections, I guess we're okay. Yeah, I, I liked when they started connecting the flashbacks to each other. That yeah. That's when it got interesting, you know, because we saw with Boone that he saw Sawyer being taken into the police station. And right. So it was kind of interesting when they started to connect them like that. Yeah. And Jen saw Jack at the airport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it didn't really push the story any further, but no. it was just nice to see another connection. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. And the guy who played Frank Duckett, I was like, that's Grey's Anatomy. That's her dad on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> it was the same actor. Oh, it was Thatcher. Yeah, he that's played that. right. Okay, yeah. He's played in a bunch of stuff, but yeah, I, I don't know his, the actor's name, but I was like, that's her dad. That's right. Yeah, I didn't put that together. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I give it about a three. It, it, yeah. it was okay. It was okay. Yeah, it yeah. was okay. Anytime I get to stare at Sawyer for any length of time, it's it's not a bad night. That is true. <laughs> He's good for comedic relief, too. Yeah, he is. He's funny. Yeah. Wow. So those are our two episodes, 15 and 16. All right. Oh, those were fun to rewatch. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. After the after the Boone episode, we needed some better ones. Cause uh, yeah, that's true. That Boone episode was rough. Poor Boone. But I'm glad that he he has Locke as his BFF now and <laughs> <laughs> his daddy. His daddy. Everyone needs daddy. That's right. So by some weird chance, did we get any feedback? I don't want to talk about it. Damn it. (laughs) Damn it. No one wants to do feedback. No one wants to talk to us still. Maybe we should have a giveaway or something. (laughs) Bribe people to come. You must leave feedback to win. <laughs> Please work us. I know. Everybody's like, look, we got COVID to deal with. We don't have time for your bullshit. <laughs> Dealing with your sad little lost podcast. <laughs> it's the best one. No, there are so many lost podcasts. I didn't know there were that many. Yeah, there are quite a few. Mm-hmm. And they probably give feedback. Well, it's just not something that we're destined to have. So it'll just be me and you. Fine. Forever. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) I was really hoping for feedback because as we get deeper into these seasons, I'm going to need help. It is true. We're going to need help. 
people to call in and explain shit because I know. Uh-uh. I mean, so far we haven't been doing too bad. Yeah, I mean, the first couple of seasons were pretty easy to follow. It's just once they start the time travel stuff. Oh God, I'm gonna need help. So hopefully oh, no. by hopefully by the time we get there, people will be brave enough to start talking to us. The I swear that I swear that we're really nice, and we won't. They are. We won't get mad or yell at you or anything. Heck no. <laughs> Just leave some feedback. And you can, ha- we'll get you a seat on the, on the Midwest sisters rewatch plane. That's right. We're going to assign seats to everyone who sends us feedback. Come on. Come on. Come on, Please. guys. We'll pay you. <laughs> All right, it just, I, I realize now I'm going to have to have Joel call in and disguise his voice. Yeah, it's it's come to that. But um, I'll give out our information. Okay, do it. Do it our, now. Phone, our phone number is 331-234-6112. And you can email us at MidwestSistersRewatch at gmail.com. Or you can send us a message through the Anchor app if you have the app. Now, yeah. see, what y'all need to remember is since since we run the podcast, we see how many plays we're getting. And y'all are listening. I see y'all listening. Oh, it's going to be like that, huh? Uh-huh. They're going to listen, but they ain't going to say nothing. Okay. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We see how you are. Now, see, I see y'all listening. Y'all need to just... Like I said, even if you ain't watching the episodes, just just write in. Or tell us what we need to do differently. Maybe we get on right. Right. If you don't like something about it, tell us and we'll do our best to change it. Yeah. Or we won't. But, you know, I, I see y'all listening. So <laughs> come on now. Don't be shy. We're not going to slap you. We're not Jack. We don't hand out bitch slaps. It's all right. We might read you, but we will not well, tell you. If you're not mean, we won't be mean. That's right. Just leave us some feedback, okay? Come on, guys. <laughs> Take it serious. Begging like freaking. <laughs> Please, sir, may I have some more? Please. Well, we hope to hear from someone someday. But until then, it's just us. (laughs) (laughs) And And I'm going to continue. Mm -hmm. Don't forget to get lost. That's right. And I'm going to keep watching y'all lurking out there. That's right. Y'all a bunch of lurkers. Lurking Lizzie's out there. Bunch of lurking Lizzie's. (laughs) Want to lurk, but you don't want to talk. By the way, I happened to see a picture the other day of that little girl who played her. Brighton Shabano was her name. She's all she's all grown up, and my God, she's just absolutely stunning. Oh, she was a cute little girl. I mean, she is one of the most gorgeous young women I've ever laid eyes on. She is gorgeous. So hmm. if you have the chance, look her up, Google her image. My goodness, she just turned into such a pretty little thing. I'm still amazed at her acting skills on that show. I mean, she acted I know. circles around those adults. 
She did. I'm surprised she didn't get more acting gigs out of it. To play someone that young to have their little mind broke open because of that trauma. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. She was. She was awesome. And I love her name. Mm -hmm. Her real name. Brighton Shabana. That's That's really pretty. Yeah. But yeah, if you look her up, she's just absolutely gorgeous. But talking about Lurkin Lizzie reminded me. But Lurkin Lizzie from Sister Speed. (laughs) That's right. Yay, Sister Speed. Yay. But yes, I'm gonna watch y'all Lurkin Lizzie's out there. That's right. And then I'm gonna start reading people if y'all send in feedback. So (laughs) hold on now. All All right. Well, we hope everyone has a wonderful week and we hope someday you'll be brave enough to join in the show. But until then, we will. (laughs) But until then, we will continue on. That's right. And in the famous words of Carrie, don't forget to get lost. To get lost. And leave feedback. That's right. See y'all later. Bye-bye.